Welcome to the She Who Dares Wins podcast. And my guest today is, I've already forgotten it, Elizabeth Stollenberger. There you go. You know what it is? It's finding people on Instagram. I'm like, it's always first names or handle names. And I'm like, oh my God, what are surnames? Well, Elizabeth, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest. Um, like all great podcast guests, I found you on Instagram. Um, was looking because I wanted to expect, like, expand out on She Who Dares Wins in the podcast and go into um, other careers where women are, you know, in the minority. And your picture showed up as being a pilot. And yeah, I just wondered if you could tell me how you became a pilot and if you've always wanted to be a pilot. Yeah. Um, so no, I didn't always want to be a pilot. I actually didn't realize until I graduated college. So I went to the University of Kentucky and I kind of went in with just no real direction. I started in mechanical engineering and quickly realized it wasn't for me. And mm -hmm. then as I'm like 18, 19 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. I just picked a mathy um, major. So I went with economics. So I got a business degree with economics and then I started thinking maybe I'll pursue marketing. That could be fun. That could be something that's not always like tied to a desk. And then I graduated and had another quarter life crisis. And I was like, this isn't for me. I don't like with econ degrees, you have to either do like follow on school or you just kind of sit at a desk and study numbers, which is for some people. But for me, I just didn't think that would be fulfilling. And I started to consider different things. And I was looking and thinking, okay, I like to travel. And I thought about being maybe a flight attendant. And then I thought, okay, well, why not just try to become a pilot? And my father's a pilot. So I saw that a lot growing up, but what had kept me from that was I, I really look up to him and I think he's just so intelligent and so well-versed in everything. I was like, I'm just, I don't know if I'm that smart, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like I don't think I can do that. If that's what a pilot looks like, then I just I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I just I kind of started to talk to him about it and kind of interviewed him and asked him a few questions. And he just he really he said to me, "Well, if this is something you want to do, you need to make sure that's something you really want to do because it takes a lot of it takes a lot of effort." And for some reason in my brain, I thought maybe he thinks I can't do it. I don't know why I just kind of went towards that. And then I brought that up to him and he was like, no, that's not the case. It's just with aviation. It's, it's constantly, you're constantly having to learn. You really have to just be committed to it and really love it because it takes a lot. Uh, but we went and did an incentive flight in August of, I don't know what, 20, 2017. And once I flew, it was in like a little Cessna 172 tiny prop plane and after that, it was like an hour in the air and I was hooked. I just thought it was the most amazing career. And so I was, I couldn't believe like people just do that and get paid to do it. Right. So but, was your, is your dad a commercial, uh, take it he's not a commercial pilot? So he is now. He was, he started in the Air National Guard over here, which is a division of the Air Force. And he started there. And then he actually didn't start as a pilot, but someone 
someone along the way, one of his mentors and leaders kind of pushed him in that direction. So he did uh, A10s, A7s, and KC-135s in the Air Force, which might mean not much to most people, but in case anyone listening is familiar. But he did those. And then after the Air Force and kind of during, because with the Guard, it's like a part-time deal. So he went and built hours and then got hired. And he is now working for Delta Airlines and he's retired from the Air Force. Okay. So you so you you took the same route then into the Air Force. Yeah, yeah. I kinda I looked at that and I I went in a very similar route. I'm in the Air Force Reserves, which is basically the same thing as the Guard. It just it comes from a different uh money fund. Right. So okay. yeah, it's a part time it's a part time commitment over ten years after training. Cool. And and what was the transition like? What was the training like? Like I've seen some of your posts and it seems pretty intense that like you say that constant learning getting in a in um in any plane I guess is not just a, a as easy as getting in a car like how like was it everything you expected or did you come across a lot of things that kind of um like took you by surprise? How was that? Yeah, it was it's a little bit of both things I expected and things that I didn't. It's just Going into it, I was like, oh, this is going to be very difficult. And it is. And it's the way you come in and with the program, how they do it, it's called specialized undergraduate pilot training. And you come in and you do, it's like 12 hour days almost every day, at least during the first half. They call it formal release. And they keep you there because your duty day can only be 12 hours. So you come in at whatever time it is that day, depending on when the flights are scheduled and you'll have your flight or you won't have a flight that day, but you and your, your classmates will be in the same room, just studying, listening to people's debriefs to learn from their mistakes and hear about their flights and then more studying. And it's just, it's like, it's frustrating because you don't want to spend 12 hours a day for five days in a row in a room with no windows, but it's also really valuable because you're you're just immersed in it and it helps to accelerate the program. And on that program, Elizabeth, were there many women or is being a pilot still very male dominated? It's absolutely still male dominated. Right. In my flight, there were about, I want to say 14 of us and two of us are female. Right. So, okay. so yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty small still, but there's definitely more more coming up and then I've encountered a lot more female instructor pilots too which has been good oh that's cool and what what's like the perception like did you obviously your dad is a pilot so that's cool um but did what were your friends kind of thinking and and also like anyone external when you said look this is the route I want to take was it positive or were they kind of like uh yeah it's it's all been really positive definitely a lot of I a lot of my friends are like, oh, that's really cool. That's so different. I don't think I could do that. I'm like, I mean, I honestly, I think anybody could do it. It just, it's a matter of interest and dedication. But yeah, I think that that's the thing with like anything. I mean, even looking at your pictures, I'm like, that has got to be the coolest job. But perhaps a lot of people don't realize like how intense it is. Like, you know, it, it, the closest people ever come is getting on a commercial flight and seeing you know, the pilot there fly. I've got a friend, a school friend, and he's, he's a pilot for commercial. And 
I remember chatting to him at a wedding very briefly. I was like, oh, there's no way I could do your job. And he's like, it's a passion. It's, it's not, a, you know, it is a passion. Um, and I, I, I joked to him, I, was, I had a few drinks and I was like, there's just so many buttons and so many things surely can go wrong. And he was like, no, because I, I had a fear of flying. Um, I flew, flown all over the world on countless flights. Um, and still now to this day, like I have that fear, but also that excitement because it's just like, wow, like, something even as an engineer I'm like that shouldn't be able to fly um and that that's incredible and I can imagine that excitement never really goes away like when you're flying different planes and learning um so yeah I think it it could be a career that like so many women would actually really want to do um and I think because we don't see enough female pilots that's that perhaps a problem but also maybe you'll be better um to tell me about this is it because it's perhaps so intense and because there's a lot involved it's not a nine to five job do you think that might be one of the reasons why we don't get many women in the industry yeah that that definitely could be something because i feel like along the way when i was getting interviewed and when i was talking to different people at the unit i'm going to the women would always tell me even the men too they'd be like here, we've got an example, like if you want to have children, if that's the way you want to go, because that's something that keeps a lot of women, I think, away from aviation is if right. they really want and a career. It's hard. You see that you're, you think, okay, I'm going to be traveling all the time. I'm not going to be home. How am I going to do this? And then if you have to take a break and then you have to re-spool up on training right. and that could, that could be tough. And I could see that being deterring, but a, a lot of women I've met have been able to do it. Yeah. So that's the important thing, isn't it? And, and being able to show others that, yeah, it can be done. And also I think when you were at a young age as well, coming out of university, I for myself was like, actually, I'm not even sure if I want kids. And then it was only until I got into my thirties, I was like, yes, I want children. And I think we shouldn't have to make an initial career decision based on that, but we're women at the end of the day. So it's kind of a little bit inbuilt. Um, so that's good that, that you saw the positive side of that and you saw women that had come through and experienced that. And I guess we were kind of a role model for you. Um, yeah. so yeah, that, that is awesome. So challenges then in the actual job, if there's anyone out there, you know, that's a woman or going, going through the same thing you did at university and sees a pilot and think, Oh, that's something that I really want to do. Like, do you have any cool stories about like, hairy experiences or like things that you've that you know have, have kind of yeah just things that you would you would you could write a book about I guess if you were going to write your life story things that have happened to you man I mean there's certainly been scary moments I know on on my solo for my first it's always on a solo because you're alone it's new you never feel like you're ready when they tell you oh you're going it's time nobody right. feels ready for and if they do, I'm good for them, but no one I've talked to has. <laughs> but for when I did my private pilot's license on the civilian side in uh, Cessna 172, I just remember I was flying to this airport and I was, it was all fine and cruise en route because nothing's really happening. You're just listening to the radios and flying straight and level. And then I got over to the airport because you have to land at, a, at an out base and they were telling me, they're giving me different instructions, how to align myself. I was trying to figure out where the airport was. By the time I got there, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm here. And then my landing, it was just also rushed up to it. I, I landed and kind of like, it was a hard landing. And I was just taxiing back to come back to take off. And I was like, oh my gosh. 
He's like, this controller probably thinks I'm just an idiot. <laughs> and also, that was a little scary. And now I have to fly back. <laughs> but it's just stuff like that. And also here, of course, on my solo, it was the, which bad on me for not reviewing it before I went out. But uh, we have a, a route to come back to base that sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. And I hadn't seen it for a few weeks. And so while I'm coming back to play and they gave me that route to come back and I'm just trying to read about it while I'm coming back <laughs> and trying to remember it and look for the points that I'm supposed to turn at. And I was just, oh, just trying to get back. So it's, you never know. I haven't, I haven't had too many or any really safety, like the flight or in-flight emergencies like that yet. Only like docile ones, like uh, the cabin wasn't pressurizing as we were climbing, but all we did was just level off and come back. So, well, I hope you don't have any like, yeah, any of those experiences because, yeah, it's it. I can only imagine being all the way up there on and on your own. Like, what a feeling! Um, but also quite empowering. Like, is there any point where you kind of sit there and you think, wow, you know, I'm doing this. This is this is pretty damn awesome. Yeah, absolutely, and that's. That's another thing that they like about solos is it's such a confidence builder because you, you're taught all this time, but you always have the safety net of the instructor in the back and then or next to you, depending on the plane you're in. And then you go out and you do it yourself and you come back and you're just like, whoa, I just did that. I just took that airplane into the air, flew it around, did what I was supposed to do. And I came back and it just it's it's pretty cool. It's a great feeling. Definitely. And how do you feel now? Like, I, I know you said that you were worried that based on like your dad and who he is about having this, the right skill set to do the job. Like, do you now think, oh, why did I have those fears? Or like, where, where's your standpoint now? Yeah, I absolutely think, why did I have those fears? But it's challenging, but it's doable. I think I just put, I just put that limit on myself for whatever reason. But yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we all do. Like, I think that's one of the common things that, you know, many women don't follow um, their dream career is because they think that's something that I can't do. And I think the more we see other women doing jobs, we think actually at least give it a go because you don't really know what skill sets. And I'm guessing there's no, I might be wrong. Is there any kind of list of criteria of personality or um, ability that comes with being a pilot? Is there something that you have to, you know, you have to click and check checkpoint and, and take off, or is it just one of those things that if you really want to do it and you're you will put in the work, then you will be a good pilot. I yeah, I think I think it's mostly if you just want to do it and put in the work, you can be a good pilot. Most people I come across tend to be Type A people and as pilots, but I've, there's also been other people who are who aren't quite like you know black and white and whatever with with things. So it's I really don't. I think anyone could do it. Honestly, I, I think it's just, you just have to learn. And the biggest part of it is they always say like, you can teach a monkey to fly. Anyone can figure out the uh, stick and rudder skills, but it's just learning about everything on the ground. All of like, you have to learn about your airplane. You have to understand the laws surrounding flying. And then you have to understand like how the airplane works too, to some extent obviously not to a mechanics level or an engineer's level, but just to be able to troubleshoot should you find yourself in an emergency in the air. So it's just, it's just dedication. I really think it is. 
Howdy folks, I really hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the podcast. If you've got time, head over to www.shewhodareswins.com where you'll find a ton of awesome merch, hoodies and tees. You'll also find a bunch of empowering and supportive content for you to soak up, not to mention the show notes for episodes like this one and information on how you can connect to us via social media and also join the private members Facebook group. Be sure to check it out. And in the meantime, let's get back to this awesome episode of the podcast. So you're now, I take it qualified, you're in the position you're doing it. So it's a part-time position. What's what? What's the future for you? Are you within the Air Force for a long period of time or what, what are your plans? Yeah, so right now I am about halfway through undergraduate pilot training. So once I get to the end of this, uh, I should be done here in July. Once I get to this, I will get my wings and okay. then I will be an Air Force pilot qualified to fly and then I will go to like a follow-on training where they'll teach me how to fly the jet that I got hired for which is the C-17 and then for that I will be flying that I'll have a 10-year commitment for that but it's part-time so the first year to maybe three years I'll do more flying with the Air Force and then It just depends on how things go, but eventually my hope is to get an airline job and that'll be my full-time job. And then the Air Force will be my part-time job. Okay, cool. Oh, sounds awesome. So when you say a jet, you're talking like a fighter jet. Um, For me, I'm going to go with a cargo jet. So it'll be, it'll be a, it's like a four engine, just giant, big airplane. huge, yeah. Well, yeah, they do. (laughs) They do a couple of things, carry people, cargo, they'll do aeromedical evacuation, like missions and stuff like that. Okay. Which, and will you mainly be based in the US or will you be deployed anywhere? Yeah, so I will be based out of the US, but I will probably go on a couple of deployments. Okay. During- and does that scare you or is, or is that totally what you signed up for and, and that's all just part of the job? Yeah, it's a little bit part of the job, but it's also something that it's easy to forget when you're in pilot training, the reality of what we signed up to do. Right. But every once in a while, I I'll talk to some pilots that are, that were out and then have come back and started to train us. And you kind of remember, Oh yeah, we're going to be flying potentially during wartime and even outside of wartime and while we're getting shot at and, you know, carrying people who have been, like severely injured in the back and if you can't get them in the air and on the ground somewhere else they won't make it and that's that's definitely a reality and it scares me but it's also again like why I did this because it's it's important and someone needs to do it and I want to be able to give back exactly yeah it's such an important job I mean any job in the military is um yeah 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 it 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 gives you a, a greater sense of um of what you're there for, I guess, rather than to just do a job. Um, it's, yeah. a, it's a, it's a commitment to, I guess, yourself and the country as well, which is awesome. So being, you know, a woman we talk about on the podcast, being women in typically male dominated, uh, fields, like how's your experience been? I, I haven't spoken to anyone. I spoke to women in the UK, um, in military, uh, not on the podcast, but just in person. And they've got some really interesting stories of how they've felt, being a woman in the military and obviously there not being that many other women to kind of talk to there's very few on the program and obviously if you don't get on with the 
are the two women or one woman that <laughs> might be on the coast? Sometimes it's quite difficult and there's a lot of challenges that not only come with you doing your job, but then also being, I guess, the elephant in the room, um, <laughs> the only woman. Like, how, how has your experience been? Has it been all good? Has it been some bad experiences? What's it been like for you? Yeah, for the most part, I, I think I've been really lucky. And I think that's also a testament to like the changing times and how people have become more accepting. So I haven't, especially among my peers, it's, you don't even notice, I haven't encountered anyone who doesn't, who treats me differently than anyone else. And I mean, you definitely start to feel like you're one of the boys and get in that. And then you start to miss having more females around. Cause yeah. I mean, I don't boys, but sometimes it's nice. I'll go home and have my female friends I haven't seen in a while. I'm like, okay, this is kind of yeah. refreshing. <laughs> yeah people talk about imposter syndrome but I actually sometimes feel like I when I'm on a job I mean my husband said it to me before when I come home from work and he's like uh okay remember who you are because <laughs> you, know, you get and you get caught up in the world that you're in um and like you say it's good that things are changing and attitudes are changing because I think once that happens it makes it easier and you don't feel like you have to blend in and that you can be yourself like and and because this is also I guess for you like you're going into a field where it's intense and there's a lot of learning and there's you're away from home you're away from friends it that in itself can be can be quite scary and and to try and not lose your sense of self have you have you ever felt like that you have lost your sense of self or you've tried to like merge into the guy, you know, the guy way of doing things and thought, hold on a minute. No, I need to stay true to myself. Has, has that been something you've come across? Yeah, I, I definitely think it is. And then I just, that's one thing I have like in my room. I mean, you can see behind me, I'm pretty traditional in that my favorite color is pink. Um, and then, so I could just come back to this and I'm like, my room is nice. I've got flowers around, which are all stereotypical female things, whatever. I mean, it's, it depends, but I just, it makes me happy. And I just keep that kind of stuff. I feel, feel like I try to bring it into my relationships with my guy friends and try to get them Stopping to soften them, <laughs> them up a little too. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely, you kind of do blend in for a little bit. And then if you spend a little time alone or back home and you're just remember, okay, oh yeah, I forgot that I can like dress up, wear makeup, go out if I want to. It's just different. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. all definitely <laughs> and is it and and in terms of like friendship groups do you rely heavily on phoning back home friends and telling them what you're going through and can you know sometimes it can be difficult I guess if they can't relate to the intensity of it but is it good is it important to have that um that support and I'm guessing your family too if your dad's been there and been through it, it must be really nice to be able to talk to him about things yeah it's I do I have a couple of friends that I stay in contact with and all every couple of weeks or I have one friend who I text every day we've been friends for I don't know like 17 years so it's that's natural she's like a sister to me but it is nice to have that and to have people who you can talk to about stuff that isn't aviation I was I was just talking to my friend today actually about how we just we come out of work on Friday we get together and we're all still talking about everything that happened during the week and it's just it's just you just kind of want to break like we just yeah. turn it off talk about but it's our lives it's it's what we do for nearly 12 hours a day for five days a week so it's naturally what we talk about but like you I mean you asked you said it's nice to have like my father as someone who has experienced this and that's that's been huge especially 
at the beginning of the program, I struggled a couple of times. I had a few flights that were, I failed the flights and they were pretty bad. I would go sit in my car and during my lunch break, talk to my dad. I cried a couple of times, but it was just like, that's just how my stress manifests itself. But it's, it's nice to have my dad because he, he really gets it. And it's hard to talk to people who don't get it. Like you said, they don't just understand the intensity of the program. And mm. then, but it's, it's definitely great to have support systems and keep them have different support systems. Yeah. I was going to say, like, if there was someone out there that was looking to do the same program, you doesn't have the benefit, I guess, of having a father that, that has been through that. What advice would you give them to make the decision to a, go that route? And then secondly, to kind of, I guess, survive that, that intense training. Yeah, I think, I mean, finding a mentor would be huge if, if people can just try to, even when, if you're interested in aviation and then you're starting to look to get into it, I think informational interviews, trying to find pilots to talk to. I feel like a lot of people in the aviation community are supportive and pretty helpful and willing to talk and help other people get in. So if they can find somebody like that, I think that's definitely beneficial. Someone who's in it and someone who's willing to stay in contact with them and guide them if necessary. I think like social media, I know for definitely like construction and trades has helped so many women like reach out to other people and I think that's why it's really important for people like yourself share your story on Instagram um you know photos and and any kind of little um anecdotal stories because there'll be someone out there that comes across that and just thinks wow I mean like I did I was like I want to be a pilot like that's so cool like seeing that like it is it's cool but then the reality is that if I was going to be a pilot um, you know, it's cool that people can reach out to to women all over the world that are doing those jobs because you guys have got firsthand experience. You've, you've been through it, you know it, and 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 can help others. So that is really, yeah, it's it's really important. And I think, like you say, if you don't know anyone, sometimes it can be you just think, well, that's not for me. Um, yeah. when, when that's not the case, are there any female pilots that you've kind of been working with or worked alongside who have had no connection in the past to the to the industry of being a pilot? I honestly, I don't think so. I think most most women I've encountered have had fathers or mothers who have been in aviation. So I could, I really have a lot of respect for anyone who joins, who pursues being a pilot without having that in their family. Because for me, if I, I, I don't think I ever would have considered it. And I think I would have just seen it and been too overwhelmed because you don't know where to start. Yeah. Finding. I mean, but there are there are resources, and of course, nowadays you can Google things. But yeah. Yeah. it's definitely a big task, and uh, yeah, I think that's I think Instagram is great for that because I've that's been nice. I did have one of our our chief pilot where I got hired. He was nice, and he set the us up with mentors. So I have there's a woman who's back at the base I'm at who I'm able to reach out and talk to, and I have oh, her as a yeah yeah that's good and it's so important isn't it to have someone because the worst thing is being alone as a woman in a very difficult field and not having anyone to talk to or look up to so yeah that is really important well you've totally inspired me some magic words of wisdom there um for anyone out there listening who is thinking about becoming a pilot um so just to to close up on this elizabeth what what would you say to anyone um that wants to to be a pilot any kind of words of wisdom for them to start on their journey? 
Yeah, I think I would definitely start with not doubting yourself. That's huge. And then just do your research. Like I said, talk, try to try to find someone to talk to, do informational interviews. And then once do an incentive flight like I did, that's big. And once you decide to do it, I think you just you just need to go all in and fully commit to it. And of course, make sure it's your passion. You're really into it because that that's what makes all the hours worth it. And that's it's just to me, it's the coolest job in the world. Sometimes when I'm flying, it's just it's so rewarding. You just pop out of the clouds and you look around and you just realize that it's incredible. It's just I don't know. It's an amazing job. And I just think. I, I hope more more people and more women will start pursuing it and doing it and feel like they have the ability to and then also maybe we'll have more resources out there and to help them yeah. get there. Yeah. yeah no, that's brilliant. Well, I want to thank you so much for giving me your time today. Um really appreciate it. And I know there's gonna be so many people out there inspired by your story. So keep doing what you're doing. We'll keep watching you on Instagram. I'll put the links down in the description <laughs> for everyone to go and follow you and say hey. And um best of luck with your training. And I know you're gonna be an awesome pilot. And like I say, yeah, really excited to to continue watching your story. Yeah, thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Oh, you're welcome. Take care and have a great day. <laughs>